This is Discovery with a K. Hello, everyone. Hi. We're back after, I don't know how many months. A small break. A needed break. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was a few months, though. <laughs> Look, we're, we're busy people, you know. We we are indeed. Mm. But this break was awesome because we got to watch a lot of dramas, mm-hmm. r- write about a lot of comebacks, mm-hmm. explore new music. <laughs> Think exactly. about life, new topics, oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and now so we're back, fresh to mm-hmm. start this again, rested, yeah, ish. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're back with a new season of Discovery mm-hmm. with a K. I am mm-hmm. Kathleen. My name is Ilse. And in today's episode, we are gonna go back to basics. Exactly. Let's talk about what is even K-pop. I think we should have <laughs> done that in the first season. We probably should have. Yeah. But we just like, people know, but then we've seen a couple of documentaries going around and we're like, maybe we should talk about that because maybe people may just think it's like standard music, but there is something about K-pop that makes it quite special. Yeah, it's quite a niche in itself. It is. And, and that's why we like it. At this point, you probably know someone who listens to K-pop or you probably. listen to K-pop yourself, but you're still quite fresh to it. So you're like, maybe I should have yeah. an intro to K-pop. So And now because you probably have heard even a song playing in the radio. Because that's what BTS. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God, this mic is not working. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. So yeah, should mm. we start with this? Yeah. So, brief overview. We're going to briefly discuss exactly what is K-pop. Like, maybe try to find a definition for it. Yes. We're going to take a look back at the history of it, the big three, and just, you know, things that you might want to know about if you're trying to get into K-pop or if you know someone who's into K-pop and you want to be, like, you know, a good friend. Maybe you just want to know what makes K-pop so appealing to people because it it is quite a niche. Yeah. Is I feel like in comparison to other music genres or yeah. mu- mainstream music, it's there's so much more involved to like it. Like a lot more involved. Yeah. Like a lot more involved. It's a rather insane industry. It so. is an industry that is fast, is well thought, and it is... The amount of money. It is. It's got so much uh-huh. money involved. Okay, mm-hmm. but let's just start this. Yeah. What makes K-pop for you? Uh, when I started listening to K-pop, something that made it for me was the visuals. Okay, mm-hmm. so I really like pretty stuff. I like something that colors, shiny stuff, and K-pop had that for me. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's when I was like, mm, "This is shiny. I like it." So I just started to listen as, to a couple of groups. As in shiny, the group? No. Hey. <laughs> I sing Big Band, Bad Boy. Okay. That was something. <laughs> and also Great Generation. Remember mm-hmm. that. And after that, I just kept looking into more music. And then I saw that I loved their full concept. Mm, it's very easy to fall into. It's very easy. And if you were into like bands or groups like me before, like Bastard Boys, Hello, S Club 7. My Belgian peeps, get ready. That group. You know? Yes. So it's just an easy thing to fall into. Well, yeah, but like you don't even have to look back that far. Even if you think about One Direction, Absolutely. the amount of people I've seen that were like Directioners that are now like heavy K-pop fans. Yeah, it is. It awesome. is. Yes, I've I've mm. seen them as well. Yeah. So let's start then. Yeah. So what makes K-pop different? What makes, I think is, let's talk about... Let's compare it to American music. Okay. So, American music is good. Amazing. I also listen to a lot of American music. But there is something about the way they drive the music that makes it very particular. Mm-hmm. As in there is a structure. Also, they do look after concepts. And if you're a person that you like storylines. Yes. If you like a full aesthetic behind a song or something. Mm-hmm. K-pop has that. Yes. And it's the same because in a single album, you will have different genres with a completely different aesthetic. And each song, mm-hmm. it's very particular, a very individual, but together as a whole. Yes. It still makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like you stick. That is what makes it quite different because I don't think a lot of American artists experiment 
as much as to that they, extent. Yeah. 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 hundred percent agree there. And even if they do experiment, it's probably over multiple albums. Yes. And usually there's quite some like, oh my God, I wish you stayed to your true style, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, but like progress is normal. If you grow Changing as an individual, is, exactly. your music is going to grow as well. Exactly. And you don't always have to like it. But what I like about K-pop is that they go all in. Mm-hmm. You can find an album that has got R&B, heavy hip hop, all old school pop. Then you're going to have some retro music randomly thrown at it. You could even find it within one song. That can happen too. And I just feel like <laughs> that full combo is so unique mm-hmm. and so interesting that it's very appealing mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, usually in K-pop, they do work together with, like, songwriters from, like, you know, Sweden, the States, wherever. Yeah. But for me, what draws me to it is the experimental vibe to it. Yeah. Because if you think that something won't work, but then you hear, like, this K-pop song and you're like, that works. That's a solid song. Even if it has, like, five different genres, five different beats in it, you're like, this is a bop. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. Like, just think about like Zim Zalabim from Red Velvet. That song is insane. That song is crazy. That but song. It's also so catchy. It is indeed. It is. It's indeed. like a love or hate thing. It's like that, that song. song. I just saw that, that song on TikTok made it to the top ten songs that seem like they come from a cult. <laughs> and I see it. I see. Are you it. ready for this? <laughs> yeah. So oh. it's like. They're very particular. What is interesting is that in K-pop, they use so many different writers and creative producers from everywhere Mm -hmm. in the globe. Yeah. That I think that makes it also very interesting because you don't have all these different flavors to it. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So I find that quite cool as well. Mm -hmm. What else is so particular in K-pop that you wouldn't see anywhere else? The first thing that comes to mind is the training system. The training system, the way they are educated to be to be an artist, I think mm-hmm. that's very unique, very unique yeah. to K-pop. Probably also Japan has a similar structure, but yeah. we're not fully knowledgeable of that one. So for Korean pop, they do have a training system mm-hmm. that basically teaches these kids how to be artists and singers yeah. and yeah. how to basically keep going. Yeah, I think... Days filled with like vocal classes, dance classes, PR classes, a whole bunch of stuff like that to create this like fully formed artist. Yeah. I think at this point they're even adding like songwriting courses, stuff like that. Because I, when I'm writing a album review, I keep seeing more and more idols involved in the creative process. Yes. Which is awesome. That is amazing. And it's something that what I liked a lot about uh, K-pop in general is that it's grown so much and things keep happening and keep being adding stuff Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. it. And I think that makes it also very special because it just keeps surprising audiences. That's very true. Yeah. You know, it's like you didn't think that this singer would do that, but... Oh my God, he can. Mm. You know? Yeah. So I think that one, that, that is fun and interesting. Yeah. I think for K-pop itself, the whole industry needs to be taken into account. Yeah. Because it's not just, you know, you have an artist, they have an Instagram. Sometimes they go on like the Ellen DeGeneres show or yeah. whichever radio station. Here it's in-house, like in their own label. They even create their own yeah. like variety show content that is posted on YouTube or in whatever app they they have, yeah. like Weavers. Um, so it's not just the music. It's, it's also their personalities, yeah. their interaction as a team. They sell not just music. They sell the idols, yeah. as in the performer. Yes. They sell that because that's what makes it so appealing. And then you feel, you feel like... What they're doing on Instagram, right? You're talking with your best friend when mm-hmm. it's actually just an idol that doesn't know you. That lives on the other half of the globe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and that is very interesting because mm-hmm. somehow they understand the bond between fans and singers. And they took that to the next level. Yes. Very much so. You know? Mm-hmm. 
And I just liked how they, you know, how they're like, yeah, let's give them content because they buy our albums because of that. Yeah. And I think in like these like TikTok times. Yeah. If you have variety show content, the fans are going to put it on TikTok as well or on YouTube. They make compilations. Yeah. I think part of the point is also to like go viral with like something that you, you you know, a joke that you made or like a certain reaction that you had. I think if you go viral, there's such a bigger chance of your group succeeding. Which yes. is also very important to take into account. Yeah, but that is very new to the newer generations of K-pop. Yeah, that's this Beforehand, mm. it was just buy albums. Mm. Buy albums, support, go to concerts, mm-hmm. spread the word, drag your friends to the concert if they happen to go to your city. Mm-hmm. And that also worked because... Ask for the radio station to please play it. Yeah. And that worked because a lot of older idols, first of all, they're loaded. Second of all, they're still <laughs> relevant. Yeah. Relevant. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have the same tools yeah. that new generations have, like TikTok, Instagram, Live, all of that. They have I don't so think many. they even had Facebook at that point. I don't think so. No. No. And I, I don't even remember if they had MySpace. Imagine MySpace. <laughs> oh my God. I was a child who went in their MySpace with us. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So the whole content culture around it is also very important. Very awesome. Which is also very different from American artists. A lot. A lot. Because the thing is that in variety shows in America, the ones I've seen, it's not that I follow a lot of variety shows in mm. America. And there's just a few, actually. Talk shows mostly. Yeah. And they just interview the person about the personal life. Mm-hmm. What do you do? All of that. But in the Korean music industry, they go a step further. First of all, a lot of them, sometimes you will find them, the ones that will speak about, will ask about the personal lives, but yeah. not all the time. Mm-hmm. But they also talk about the personalities. What do you like to do during the weekends? Yeah, also everyone has a very specific specific role in the group. Yes, and that helps a lot because there will be yeah. like in the variety shows, there will be, show me how you dance or show me, would you cover the song? Yeah. And things like that happen or just to just have, there's these particular ones that have like games and then they mm-hmm. will compete with each other. And yeah. then you see part of the personality behind the idol, which is fun to see as well because at the end of the day, they're humans. Yeah. So that makes also the connection grow deeper with fans i believe yeah but being an idol is still a very performative thing it is like the it's part in the name like they're idols so yeah people need to be able to look up to them yeah and sometimes you know it's a very polished you know persona that they have yeah which is not necessarily a real reflection of the actual person behind it yeah um which i feel like is lessening a little bit it is. It, Especially think, with like the Gen Z idols. Yeah. They, they are, are a bit more organic, I guess I should say. A bit. We don't know a lot, but I do believe that they are more organic than other idols because before the structure was a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. There wasn't also mm-hmm. a lot of international recognition in it. So it was very much you need to be perfect. Yeah. Like, according to Korean standards. standards. Yeah. yeah. So now it's a bit more like, check it out. And also I believe that the generations are growing here in Asia, everywhere. So people want to see other things. Also, yeah. globalization is part of it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, what else is very particular to K-pop when you think albums? Albums are the next level in K-pop. I insane. Have, it is insane. Okay. Whenever I was a teenager, I already liked albums. But you just got the lyric book and the CD. Okay, then you see this, I mean, you buy basically albums to support the artists at this stage because Mm -hmm. you don't really need to listen to the album, okay? Yeah, no, you just stream, which makes them extra money. Yeah, but they they found a way to make money of it. I think from the documentary that we watched, the YouTube documentary, I think in Asia, particularly in Korea, one of the only countries where album sales are still growing. Yeah. Whereas in the rest of the world, it's decreasing because why would you just buy a jewel case that has the lyric book and the CD? Like, there's so many extras in these Korean albums. You get crazy stuff. It's like you get a photo card that you probably will see once in your life, but it's still cute. Stickers. 
you can or get, you put it in your phone or you put you it know. in your phone case yeah it, it depends <laughs> on what you like i mean you can do it as well you get a poster sometimes mm-hmm. you get like a bookmark mm-hmm. you get a beautiful and stunning also very aesthetically pleasing photo book of your yes, favorite artist so. so it's like they decided to profit of the idol image and say like mm. what can we how can we make the fans yeah, even happier. But it's all like still part of their storyline within the album. Yeah, like if you have the CD and you have this whole like, how should I call it? Like, yeah, the storyline behind the CD and the songs individually. Usually, the photo book mm-hmm. and the photo shoots that they have in the photo book are a reflection of the specific mood of that album. Sometimes, 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 sometimes it can, it can get quite crazy. Um, I let's recognize that. I have said, but other times it just fits so well with the full concept and the vibe of the album. Mm-hmm. It's like I have a few that just feel perfective with the, with the album. Like the latest is like Beckham Bambi. That photo book is stunning, and it fits with the full aesthetic of an A and B album. Or the Pentagon do Pentagon. or do not absolutely. What is it Lover Take? Lover Take. Lover Take. Yeah, that photo album. So pretty. Yeah, the the lady I used lilac. Stunning. Stunning. So stunning. And if we go back to her album Palette, beautifully done. Mm. Also, even though the album is very much in white and basically minimalistic. Minimalistic, it still reflects the feel of the album so much that, yeah, that makes it feels it... like a blank canvas. Yes. Yeah. And then that album was about growth. Yeah. So it's perfect, you know? So that's what makes K-pop albums so special. I mean, we're still buying them, but we have certain rules. Because yeah, well, don't always follow the rules, you know. But we try to because they yeah. be expensive. Mm. The last part I wanted to bring up with what makes K-pop is the music video. That is the next... That... The music videos, I've seen a couple of... Budgets. Yes. But uh, about budgets... I've seen a couple of Western artists that have worked on budgets, but the thing about it is that you will see that budget and that specific concept and money put into it for certain music videos. In K-pop, it's for every single release. Yes. You have a comeback. Mm-hmm. Drop an amazing music video. Expect a budget of like 50 to 150K. Yes. It's insane because... It's- High quality sets, yeah. high quality cameras, directing, beautifully done usually... It's just, if you have a bad music video, there's a high chance that the song isn't going to take off because the fans want something visual as well. Yes. They want to be able to stream that music video. Yeah. They want to be able to take screenshots, make whatever of it. They need that high quality music video yeah. to keep And even if you see older generations in K-pop, all the music videos were incredible. Oh, yeah. This is from, like, first gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really put a budget into the music videos because they want to stand out. Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you see a music video that is not quite good in quality, you know that, unfortunately, even though if they're talented, they're not going to take off. Suddenly pop off. Yeah. Yes. They won't. Because that is something that is taken into consideration for a lot of fans. Is the quality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very true. Um... Let's go to the next topic. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the history of K-pop. Ooh. So for this, we had to educate ourselves, watch a couple of documentaries. Go back to the 90s. Go back to the 90s. Mm. So according to the things we watch, the documentaries we watch, we're probably going to link it in the box as well. Yes, so we will. You, will, you will see where we got the info from. Um, everything has started. I think Korea was a very much a, a nation that uses a lot of like nationalistic anthems songs very soft ballads very trot very trot very trot awesome as well we do like a few of of, of these oh yeah 100 percent. yeah song so hey hit me up every every day (laughs) and then i think it was a variety show again a variety show sort of like a music bank i don't know if i think it was just a competition show to see like a survival show or something oh okay i think so okay i'm not quite sure but i think Mm -hmm. it was sort of like a place where you go Show your skills, and then the judges will be like, mm, "You good or you not?" You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it was sort of like an X Factor '90s version, you know. And uh, I think that everything started with Sergey and the Boys, which was hip hop. 
dance group. Yeah. And then after that, I think a lot of the people yeah. in Korea were like, that's that's awesome. Especially the younger generation. Yes. I think before Sotaji and the Boys, you had the trot, like you said, the more traditional songs. Yeah. But the younger generation would probably look more towards like foreign American music. But then Sotaji and the Boys came and it was like a revelation. Like, yeah, these are a bunch they, of kids yes. singing or rapping about what matters in like teenage lives. Exactly. So, And that's what it makes it so appealing because yeah. if you think about it, this trend is like whenever someone talks about a social issue or something that is actually relatable, yeah. they take off. Oh, of course. Because it feels personal and you feel related to it. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. So that that's what they did. And it changed pretty much the Korean music industry. It changed the whole sector. Because as soon as you had Sotaji and the Boys, and that was very successful, yeah. you had other groups coming. Coming, of course. Yeah. You saw this one person that was like, saw the opportunity, took it, and... Success, success, uh-huh. global success. Much, yeah. So that takes us to our first ever K-pop group, which was, huh? Yeah, the first K-pop group we had, H.O.T. Oh, yeah. What? Are you okay? I was lost there for a second. I yeah. see. So from Sotaji and the Boys, then we have mm-hmm. H.O.T., which is like the first official idol group. Mm-hmm. Sotaji and the Boys were very much very indie, yes. very underground as well. They also formed themselves. No? Yes. Whereas HOT was formed by the agency. Sotoji was like the beginning of something, but they also were like self-made. Mm-hmm. They didn't have mm-hmm. a director. They were self-made. Yeah. And then you have the first idol group, HOT. Yeah. And yeah, that's where everything started. Mm-hmm. Revolution. Yeah, with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then we finally get the first girl group as well with SES. Yes. Which... Honestly, go check them out because it's like beautiful 90s synth ballads. Early 2005, that oh, here. Oh my gosh, awesome. yes. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah. I think we also have to talk about the big three and big hit. The big three. I can't leave out big hit. You're biased. Maybe a little. Just doesn't matter. So, I think that the idol companies started pretty much with sm Mm -hmm. sm is successful and it's as big as it is today because they started a lot of things yeah they started in 95 yeah it's a man it's a smart man he very much is very smart and he's still a producer of like so many bops Mm -hmm. like so many good songs Mm -hmm. then we get YG mm-hmm. in 96. 96. And that one was created by one of the members of Strategy and the Voice. And also, SM was very pop-ish. Like, very yeah. pop. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that because it's important. Mm-hmm. Then we have YG that comes to the scene. The boy, the, the owner was already famous from Strategy and the Voice. And he creates a hip-hop label. Yeah. Which is, of course, it's called the Idol of Viewers. Mm-hmm. And listeners. And then we have JYP. In 97. Why did I say JYP? I was like, JYP. Because it's JYP, man. <laughs> <laughs> then we have JYP. JYP, I think they do a bit of... They're more commercial pop, I suppose. Yeah. But JYP can surprise you at times. You don't know. They have a couple of bands as well. Mm-hmm. Unexpected. Yeah. Very much unexpected. Very. Yeah, but JYP. And then we have Big Head, that is ginormous like big hit is so big they do they really change the game oh 100 percent. they well, turn the guess, tables so big hit started as big hit in 2005 yeah uh, founded by bangshi hook but i guess now we should call it hype labels well hype labels is a conglomerate because i think that's a conglomerate yes, yeah, stage. yeah 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 but big hit is still an agency on its own agency is like i guess so yeah. big hit music the hype is that the parent company the parent and then you have the little company so one of them is big hit but basically hype start came from big hit yeah because that is insane that big is hit insane. with bts alone managed to completely overthrow the entertainment sector yes that is that is very insane i've so i've been i started as a fan of yg i'm still very much a fan of yg artists Mm -hmm. okay 
all my life. Then went on to SM. And then casually listened to stuff from JYP. Mm. But then Big Hit came. They were like, sorry, we're going to change the game here because I'm sick of you three. And then boom. <laughs> you know. <laughs> the thing is, if you were a K-pop group debuting within like any of the big three labels. You were expected to be successful. Yes, very yeah. much so. There were some like outliers like DSP Media. Yeah. And like groups like Kara, Finkel, you know, uh, Card as well. Yeah. Very successful, but it still doesn't quite tie to the same level as the big three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was like a a market dominance. Yeah, that... a bit of a monopoly, split by three. Mm, let's not call it a monopoly, but it was a bit of a. There was a I'm big. I'm gonna dominance. get sued. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a monopoly, but it was a, a big dominance. As in. You were coming from the big three. There was a high chance that you were going to be successful. The, yeah. the quality of your music videos were going mm-hmm. to be good, and everybody. Yeah, like, because you had the whole structure already exactly. there. You know that the trainees were properly prepared there. They were educated, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they also they had the money to invest. Also, they were very smart because the big three had this thing where they would like show the trainees in special shows, and then audience will have the chance to meet the trainees. Yeah. Or the next generation. And mm-hmm. that will catch the viewers. And they were like, look forward to the debut of this one. But then Big Hit doesn't do that. Well, Big Hit did Island, but... It, I don't yeah, but that's it's, now. It's, like, yeah. that was not in the beginning. It did not start mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, what Big Hit did was, it's incredible and crazy at the same time. Also partly chance and luck. They were... Yeah. Yes. I mean... Yeah. Kind it was... Like, if they didn't have BTS, I'm sure that they would have had other groups. The thing is that I think that what happened there is that they had something that people was missing from the other groups, you know? Yeah. They were like the underdogs. They Very had so. deeply personal lyrics. Mm-hmm. They had, like... They the had vis- the same touch of Sotaji and the boys. Yes. Because yes. they were talking about cultural issues. Yeah. And people, I think people were looking for that. People resonated with that. And part of BTS's success is also because of the fans. Because the fans worked hard. Yes, but that also, that was also thanks to the social media culture. Yes, that was starting to come up. Yes, and BTS Mm. grabbed the chance and took them to where they are now. They were very smart playing all the cards and they deserve the success they have right now. Very much so. Yeah. So what is next in our very lengthy list of topics? Let's talk about generations. Yeah. If you are getting into K-pop, you're going to yeah. hear that word a lot. Gens. Yeah. First gen, second, second gen, gen, third gen, now fourth gen as well. Yeah. And there, I think it's important, mm. the terms, because each gen is very particular. Yes. And each gen also contributed to what K-pop is now. 100%. You can't just... Say like, oh yeah, this gen made K-pop. Because that's not entirely true. You need to take the whole history of it into account. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So the first gen started with, we mentioned before, HST. Seshkis, SES, Finkel, Shinwa, Boa, G.O.D. This is very much like mid-90s. Probably, I mean, early 2000s probably as well. Like very early 2000s. Yeah. And then... Interesting enough, with the first gen, we have successfully and well-known Boa. Boa was one of the first ones that decided to go abroad, and she was, she became very successful mm-hmm. in Japan. Yes. I think we also have H.O.T., I think they adventure into China. Yeah, exactly. So H.O.T. ventured into China. Yeah. Hugely successful, uh, which we saw in the documentary on YouTube. Yes. And then Boa decided to go to Japan. Yeah. Learn. As a child, by the way, yes. she was early teens, young. Yeah, uh, but she decided to learn the language. Yeah. She had songs in Japanese. I think also one of the first artists that had songs in a different language than Korean. Yeah, and because of her personality, her music, the fact that she learned Japanese, she was very successful yeah. in Japan, and she brought that success back to her in back with her in Korea. And then that sort of started the, the trend of... Going abroad. Having Korean yeah. releases and having Japanese releases. Yeah. Maybe even having Chinese releases. Or just having Korean releases and promote them abroad. Yeah, exactly. And that is a trend that 
was continued on the second gen. So second gen, big, big, especially in Asia, huge. they became huge. In so Asia. huge. So we had like TVXQ, Super Junior, Girl Generation, Wonder Girls, Big Bang, Kara, Shiny, 21, Miss A, Sister, 2PM. There's like a lot of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with them, the Halley Wave started. Yeah. So how would you define the Halley Wave? The Halley Wave is basically the start of Korean music venturing abroad with the rise of social media, streaming services, YouTube, whatnot, and just finding an audience abroad. Yeah. For with like people who don't speak the language. Yeah. They just Yeah, they just vibe to songs in Korean and that's totally fine. Yeah. Then we have our first act that goes to the States, Wonder Girls. Very important to mention because Mm -hmm. they were even opening act for the The Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Unexpected as well. Yeah. I I would not put them with the Jonas Brothers for some reason. Me neither. But But, hey. Yeah. Like JYP wanted what he wanted. Super Junior. Extremely successful in China. So uh, TVXQ. Also in Latin America. No? Super Yes. They made it to Latin America. (laughs) And they were super popular there as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Girls Generation globally well known as well. Yeah. I mean, I, the first K-pop video I watched was in a Samsung store back at home. That was, like, very random. Cute. Yeah. So, with the second gen, the Hollywood wave started, mm-hmm. okay? And then with the third gen, it was solidified. Yeah, very much so. So, in the third gen, we have EXO, BTS, TWICE, G-Friend, GOT7, Red Velvet, Monster X, Seventeen, Mamamoo, Blackpink... And many others, but let's keep it with the biggest acts. Yeah, the top 10 here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They started the social media situation. Mm-hmm. They started like new trends to social media, took it and said like, let's going to interact with fans. Yeah. And generate more revenue. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. My God. Yeah. I think what happened also with the rise of social media is that I think it was SM who went to France for the first time. Oh, yes. They had that, like the two-day SM concert. They had already family concerts. And they might have done it a couple of times in Japan, but that's the first time they decided to yeah. leave Asia. To like come to Europe, not even just like the US, because Europe is also a market, you know, just saying. <laughs> and yeah, you don't get a lot of, well, now, not even, it's very, well, obviously not the time now, but it's not that common to see K-pop concerts in Europe. You no. Know? unfortunately because i'm just saying there's a few countries here exactly like there's more than just three big cities in europe just saying yeah and then it was it was mm. interesting what yeah. sm did bringing like the sm family concert to but France. that was because of the fans though because yeah. apparent according to the youtube documentary i know i keep bringing it up but it was very informative um apparently fans had come together to do like a dance how how would you call that? Like a dance cover? Yeah, I guess. Like yeah. they they do that now still, where they like play the songs and then fans can like see if they know the choreo. Oh, in, like a, a random square. K-pop dance. The random Isn't that? K-pop. Yeah, but the thing that is well, I don't know if that started with the third gen, but it became a thing. Okay. Well, they were doing super junior dances. Yeah, but I think that was more like uh, like covers. I yeah. believe. Yeah, and then. Okay. Well, people happen to know Super Junior. They put it on YouTube. Yeah. Korean media picked it up. Yeah. And then SM was like, there's let's money go. there. Like, mm, let's go. Let's, let's play go. fans. <laughs> Viva France. <you> know? <laughs> it worked because they, I don't know if they knew, they knew the full extent of how famous mm. these artists were and how well known they were. You know? Yeah. But it was very smart. We were still waiting for every single agency concert, family concert. In a few cities in Europe. Please. <coughs> Dublin. <laughs> then that, that's with the third gen. Mm-hmm. Now we go to fourth gen. These are yeah. like the babies. I, yeah. I they're so young. The babies. Yeah, they're, they're so like young. They're like born in the 2000s, you know. Uh, there's a couple that are still late 90s. I know. But every time I'm like looking at this group on like mm. K-profiles or something. And I look at their birth year. Yeah. And they're like born in 2000, 2002. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah, you know something very important that happened on the third gen? Streaming became a thing. Ah, yes. Streaming became a thing with the third gen. Mm-hmm. 
And it was... Are you really a fan if you haven't had a YouTube playlist open with the new releases of your favorite artists to, you know, help them gain streams so they can break a YouTube record? Yeah, that became a thing with the third gen. And I kind of... It, internet, probably. The internet became like more advanced. You had chance YouTube had a better quality, you know? Oh my God, yes. So, yeah, with... 244 pixels. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so imagine watching I Got a Boy in like 480. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Yeah, quite. <laughs> so then we have uh, the Hollywood solidified with like the third gen, mm -hmm. the streaming, the storylines. Storylines, we got them with yeah. the third gen, I think. Uh, I think BAP, which I believe is second gen, also had a massive storyline. Oh, did they? Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I'm not quite familiar with It was BAP. like a whole gangster plot. Ah, I remember. Mm, I've seen yeah. a couple of videos of them. Okay. But I would say it was very much popularized by third gen. Yeah, elaborate. Complicated. Very complicated. I, I so much want to credit BTS for that, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> I think the other groups did it too. Mm -hmm. And I think also EXO had the superpowers and they debuted That's true. Uh, That's before true. BTS. Yeah. So I think that all of them had like a storyline. The thing is that BTS took it to like a very complicated level, I must say. Very entertaining as well, to the point that you will spend all your nights. I still wish I could have been there in that <laughs> meeting where they had like the timeline. Oh my God. And the whole storyline. And now with the 4th gen, you get insane storylines. Mm. That sometimes if the two groups are on the same label, they connect because why not? Why not indeed? The SM universe, the the hit universe, I suppose. I, I don't know. I mean either. I know that TXT and, and Hypen are somehow connected. I think I saw something like that. Yeah. Past. Yeah. I, theories coming through, you know. I keep seeing uh, video essays about TXT's. Mm -hmm. world and I still I'm like how also like the creative team you're amazing oh like, 100% incredible the little like the little things that they put in a music video that little is, like, details the connection yeah. to like the other music videos and then the fans who pick up on it <sighs> I, I do wonder sometimes if this, the artists know to that extent you well, know, they better have been in that meeting, no? <laughs> I don't know. You know that Stray Kids had this uh, meeting. Stray Kids is a 4Gen group. Mm -hmm. They had this meeting. They had this interview with this uh, podcast slash radio show in the States. And they were talking about the concept of the album, uh, the keyword, Play Clio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm killing the French here. So, and they, the boy just gave it away because he knew the storyline. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a problem, you know. I mean, I loved it because that's how involved he is. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. But it was amazing. I mean, love that interview. Also, one of the best interviews I've ever heard of that, like a K-pop group. Anyways. Is it the dude with the radio? I think so. I do not remember his name. Mm. But he's interviewed a few idols, actually. And the, the interviews are normally quite good. So they just ask, like, oh, you're dating. No, he goes into the music, mm. which is what fans are you for if i hear another american interview it's like who are you dating i remember who I do think, you want to collab with i think mark said like why are you so interested in knowing that why are you always interested in that i think he said that in the end of the end of the general show i, believe. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> <laughs> i mean true <clears throat> i mean intended mm. <laughs> yes <sighs> so Let's talk about the fandom. Yeah. Because the whole fandom, just being a fan, it's not just listening to their music. It's being way a more. I see being a fan as a job because it kind of feels like a job. Okay. Yeah. So it depends on what fan, what kind of fan you are, of course, because you might be the casual fan that just listens to the music and mm -hmm. just likes mm -hmm. the music videos. You might be the kind of fan that is just, you know, buys the albums, but is, you know, I buy the albums I support. I watch the music videos. I might stream as well. Mm -hmm. Or you can be the type of fan that does translations, checks the content, makes compilations, also buys like a lot of albums to happen mm -hmm. with the sales. Organizes everything. Organizes Host cups events. events. Yeah. Like the, 
this whole sense of community it's a job it's a job yeah 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 but it's a f- like you don't get paid for it yeah there's that it's just all like this level of engagement that comes from i want to support these kids you know i want to support this group because i believe in them i love their music you know whatever it's it's insane and hardcore it's it's kind of insane if you think about mm. it because normally fans they can be any age like from any anywhere any age but a lot of them are like in the early 20s or teens and they are they learn a, a second language or a third language mm. just to be able to translate like to make it easy i was i think i mentioned it before i was in i am still in the way we reddit group because wholesome content also in the sat one and they're organized okay if they have a v live they have they look for translators that will translate they assign a translator to each member we're talking about that level of organization mm-hmm. that is to say or going that i when i went to the bts concert fans that would give freebies to other fans because they're supporting the members yeah that is that is some interesting um dedication I was, dedication yeah i was kind of shocked when i saw it i was like i've never seen this in western concerts or western artist concerts never not really no it's a full the thing is that i describe going to a k-pop concert as in putting yourself in a different universe where it's like everyone is part of like a big community yeah because you even have a fandom name yeah yeah like you know how you have like One Direction and Directioners. Yes, yeah. I think Justin Bieber also have, has a fan. A believer, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. Yeah, and Selena Gomez has the Selenators or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But K-pop did it way before. Uh yeah, probably. Mm. Probably or like let's create a fandom name because mm-hmm. all our fans will feel part of one thing. Exactly. And they did great. I'm just saying. Such a smart, smart move. The thing is that whenever you see them like doing interviews on going to be lives or whatever, even all the generations, they will be like, "Yeah, because the name of the fandom believe in us," and you literally think that they're talking to you because yeah. you are part of that. You feel related. Yeah, to you them. identify as an army, as a blink, as an XOL. You know. Yeah. You, if you have your fandom name, it means that you are part of something. Exactly. It's like you know religion. <laughs> I can see how you relate that. I mean, you follow Jesus Christ, you're a Christian. <laughs> oh my god, that's the fun name. Oh my god, girl, no, no, not to that extent. <laughs> but I can see where you're coming from. Okay. Not to that extent. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's not take it there, people, because not quite. Not quite. But but I do understand where you're coming from. It's like yeah. you feel like you belong to something and you really find friends people that you relate to because you love the same thing yeah and if you see someone with merch of your favorite group you can be like oh you're an army or you're a blink as well yeah let's be friends you know let's do a streaming party or something a streaming party i don't know so yeah so i think fandoms are very important in Mm -hmm. k-pop and yeah it's very smart they just did something so so smart yeah also like we mentioned before, the fandom itself is going to create another level of content. Free marketing. Exactly. Think of Anti-Romantic by TXD. Yes. That blew that song up wasn't, from TikTok. That song wasn't a title track, but I'm quite sure people, a lot of people know Anti-Romantic because mm-hmm. of TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like they make a dance on it. They make it go viral. Other people make their own interpretations of it. Yeah. That's... How you get your song out there? It's Think like, of Lil Cherry, Lil, oh Lil Cherry, <laughs> yes, Korean that, rapper. That's a rapper, and then she's viral on TikTok right now. She blew up. She bought a car. Oh really? Uh-huh. Oh wow. Yeah. I I think about the Dolphin Cult, and that was peak. <laughs> that was incredible because Dolphin was a B side of uh, Oh My Girl. Oh My Girl. Mm-hmm. And amazing album by the way but it was a b-side normally b-sides are there because the fans will love them but you get the title correct the yeah. title track yeah, yeah, yeah. commercial for everyone but then you have like the b-sides that they know that will resonate more with like fans or people mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. that kind of music yeah 
but dolphin viral also became the dolphin code that was hilarious hilarious the meme content it was from incredible. dolphin was mwah, next level man yes yes so social media fandom all of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much very unique to k-pop i believe yeah very unique we have to talk about merch as well because there's some merch that is very I k-pop specific love the light sticks I do not own one just yet. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. We pour. <laughs> but light sticks, it just adds that to it. It's like, do you really belong? Well, you probably belong already, but you feel like you're part of the community deeply if you're in a concert with your light stick. Look up pictures. It's stunning. Of the concerts. Because stunning. you have this whole wave of like all these like fairy lights almost. Huh. And they're like remote controlled, Bluetooth. So there's someone who can control all the colors of it, the way it moves, the way it moves to the beat as yeah. well. Like, it's just, I think for the artists themselves, yeah, it is also an experience. It is, it is. But the Lysics before, now it's like the Bluetooth technology that they, they match with mm. the tempo, they change the color based on the song. But before it was just the light stick shining a light for the artist. And mm. that's basically the concept yeah. of the light stick. You know, and beautiful. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Do you remember the Black Ocean concept? Yes. I'm not a fan of it because rude. Yeah. Rude. That is. If you are an idol Mm -hmm. and you see a Black Ocean, meaning everyone turned their light stick off, there's something going on with you and the fans that you need to talk to your fans about. Yes, or sometimes you will find fandoms that just decide to turn off the light sticks because they do not like the artist. Yeah, I don't understand feuds, really. Me neither, because a lot of idols are besties. So it's like, you know, why? Mm. Also, you have these fans that are multi-stands, and I've seen this clip of this girl in a concert. She had a bag full of light sticks, and I I, I really like her. She had like, which one is on? Okay, I'll take it out. The engagement and the budget that girl Rich had people, was incredible know. because plastics are fairly expensive. They're quite expensive. Well, anyway, for abroad, like probably. I mean, if you can buy them there and you don't have to pay like 50 euro shipping plus tax, I would also have a couple. Same. But I will have a collective concept. I keep saying yes. they make an amazing lamp, mm. <laughs> a very cute lamp. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the TikToks of like the people during like a power outage that were just like going around with their light stick. That too. Like, you I have think a it was an NCT light stick. That girl had like an army bomb. She had like an NCT one. She had a few. That's a multi standard. Mm-hmm. And then she had like her mom had the NCT one frying eggs. And she was like, <laughs> Mom, be careful. Mom, be careful. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, we had that. And then there is a lot of other things. The, the later thing in merch is apparel, it's like shirts, hoodies trousers for some reason mm. i mean it makes sense that you want to like dress as your idol yeah but pretty because before you find just the t-shirts that I'm, I'm gonna say it i wasn't a fan of them because some of them were ugly okay. yeah that was all yeah they were ugly um, no i'm not gonna like they yes. were ugly okay yes. but now is the aesthetics they keep upgrading that merch mm-hmm. and i love it it's like showing that you're a fan without just having other faces. Tell me that you're a fan without telling me you're a fan. Yeah. They're gonna Love know. It. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite a unique experience to be a K-pop fan. Yes. Like, sometimes, I'm, I mean, there is its downsides, of course. It's like, there is a lot of toxicity, like, in anything in, mm. in the world. Like, yeah. anything, basically. And there is certain things you don't have to agree on, but the sense of community you get, also the content you get, the entertaining... Mm-hmm. Content, mm-hmm. the, just the talking with these people that you relate to. Sometimes it's awesome. People that are introverts and are part of a fandom feel very much safe in their in their little community. Exactly, yeah. So I think that, yeah, it's very cute. Yeah, as with anything, you just have to find like some good people that you can connect with. Exactly. And if that is over your love for the music yeah. or your love for this one specific group, then that is very wholesome. And that might also be why... I think a lot of young people now are also like very much getting into K-pop. Yeah. Because especially now with COVID, it's very hard to find a sense of community if you're stuck in the house. Social distancing. Exactly. 
Yeah, so, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that you have like this little community chat where they all talk. Or what's the name of the new one that everyone goes in and talks? Uh, oh, Discord. The... Discord? Is it Discord? I think it's Discord. I do not remember the name. Either way. Anyways, it's it's cool. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I it's kind of cute seeing what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the music is just also very good. Can I just say? Yeah. Very... So I have mm. a question for you. Mm. How how do you become a K-pop fan? YouTube. I YouTube. accidentally stumbled on a BTS DNA music video, and. As I tend to do with a lot of things, I start researching and start diving into it. And I haven't left yet. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nice. Yeah. Very organic, kind of. Right, oh, yeah. uh, let's remove the searching part because, you know. What? The researching? Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's just something yeah that's just my personality i can't help yeah, that yeah no, i'm more organic well you know i'm more organic. <laughs> everything comes to me for some reason yeah, i yeah, don't remember no. me searching that girls generation music video oh no YouTube, i had my like... youtube on like autoplay oh really yeah i was just i don't know i was, I was to, like, actually trying to get the music video when I, this was ages ago in a samsung mm. random samsung shop in a tv and i was like i want to know them it kind of makes sense though. Them. Samsung is Korean. Of course, of course, it makes sense. Probably brand But you know, I remember seeing them in this beautiful dress, and I was like, I want to know who they are. So my Google search terms were crazy. Obviously, I didn't find them. You didn't have Shazam yet. <laughs> <laughs> no Shazam, people. No Shazam. What a life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then I stumbled upon K dramas and overseas and K pop is pretty much all mm. in the same line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways. That's pretty much. Yeah. What is K-pop people? A brief intro. A very brief intro. There are documentaries that go for hours. Okay. And they explore both sides, the good and the Mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. It's like everything, I suppose. Everything. You have the good side and the bad side. Yeah. But what is important is that you are happy and you find a place where you're comfortable. Exactly. And you have to like keep it healthy as well. A hundred percent. Like you can be a hard stand, but you still have to go to school or you still have to go to work. You still have to do life basically. Yeah. Basically. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, people, that was it for this episode mm-hmm. of Discovery with a K. Tell us how you got into K-pop. I want to know. I'm curious. Same, actually. Many people have like very interesting mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see you next time with a new episode of Discovery with a K. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.